0: Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spate.
1: He's one of our elders and here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, If you're listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, If this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, We're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Okay, let's pray. We'll get started. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study your word. We're so grateful for the power of it and for the direction it can take our lives. And we just pray, Father, your blessings upon us as we study this, these texts. Father, be with Cole and I as we navigate through the text, help us to present these things in a way that people can understand. And we uh, we ask that you be with our audience, wherever they are and whenever they watch, uh, that you might help them to uh, to gain and glean some some insight that will truly help their lives and we thank you for the opportunity father bless us as we do this, this this evening in jesus name we pray amen amen
1: all right so we're going to be in numbers chapter 10 verse 11. we're uh, getting them moving yeah so we've, we've talked about it before you
0: know they we've been telling these guys for a while they're going to be moving they now now we're moving
1: yeah, absolutely. So now we're leaving. We're, we're finally, finally yeah. leaving Sinai. Mm-hmm. So let's let's look at it on the twentieth day. Now remember, I'm going to just preface all this because it's gonna it's, it's gonna start quick. Yeah. Um. So the whole point of this has been getting back into covenant, rela- getting back into God's presence, which we achieved in mm-hmm. Leviticus 16. Mm-hmm. So now you're there, and what's the expectation? Well, you obey God? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the question that we ought to be asking is, are they going to do that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Spoiler alert: They're not. No. And it's going to be pretty quick.
0: Right. And something I told somebody the other day I was studying with, and, and that we're trying to navigate through all this stuff, all the baggage they brought and everything. And I said, let me, let me make it simple for you. You sinned and lost your relationship with God. That's what you did. Yep. And God sent his son to give it back to you again. That's what this is about. That's right. Yep. That's how simple this is. Yep. This is the process of God getting his son to a point where he can send him back and 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 become the sacrifice that we've read about in Leviticus and Numbers and all that Jesus is going to be the real deal. That's right. This is all just a shadow. That's right. all of this is a shadow just getting us to a point. It's, it's important. going to be 2000 years from now,
1: but it's it's a very important shadow. Yeah, because absolutely. not only not only does it is it predicting the the necessity of the sacrifice of Christ. Not only is it doing that, but it's also within it we see God's character Absolutely. we see what he desires we see you know that's
0: always why I always well, his patience and his and his mercy and his grace. It know,
1: always, always confuses me you know I just I, do, I talked to somebody just the other day who was saying, you know the God from the Old Testament is bizarre and weird and doesn't make any sense and I'm sitting there thinking that's because you don't know you you're not reading the Old Testament no because or you're you're missing the links because or someone isn't needs to come along and help you to see it because the the God in the Old Testament is not a butcher. God is not a butcher. No. He's He's incredibly patient, I, incredibly loving. Isn't I have run stand? across
0: that before, where you said, "Well, I don't want to worship a God that's as evil and mean as the God in the Old Testament is." <laughs> yeah, and I'm going, "What? What? You have no idea what shows. All it does is just shows the the ignorance of people when they say something like that."
1: Yeah, and it's look, let's and let's be real. This is a text that was written maybe some of these texts, probably 5,000 years ago mm-hmm. to a culture that is just completely and totally alien. I mean, they might as well have been on Mars, you yeah. know, compared to the way we think today. So it's it's understandable that when you approach the text, it's difficult to understand. It's, mm-hmm. There's going to be struggles in understanding. That's why Paul says, you know, we have to study diligently. Mm-hmm. Um so it's, it's it's important to find people or find resources that can help us understand the Absolutely. context and the, and the Absolutely. background Absolutely. and so here they're finally going yep. they've arrived they've they've entered back into the presence of god god has said we you know you need to move when i say move you need to stop when i say stop when i say jump you need to say how high mm-hmm. and so far they've been doing that this side of the mountain this side of God's presence right so let's see what what happens on the 20th day of the second month this is uh numbers chapter 10 verse 11 on the 20th day of the second month of the second year the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle of the covenant law so that means everybody pack up yeah everybody pack up let's go all right then the Israelites set out from the desert of Sinai and traveled from place to place until the cloud came to rest in the desert of Paran they set out this first time at the Lord's command through Moses the divisions of the camp in Judah went first, and so this is this is the, the divisions how the camp moved. Because remember, yeah. mm-hmm. every little bit of it, how they moved, yeah. how they camped, mm-hmm. all of that was very uh, was was ordered by God. Uh,
0: verse twenty-five.
1: Yep. Verse twenty-five. Yeah. Finally, is the rear guard for all the units, the divisions of the camp of Dan set out under their standard. Um, they the, so they set out under all these standards. This was the order of the march in verse twenty-eight. Uh, for the Israelite division as they set out. Now Moses said to Hobab, son of Rule, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, we are setting out for the place from about which the Lord said, I will give it to you. So if you recall, God's plan all the way back in Genesis with Abraham was, I'm going to bring your descendants up from Egypt and they're going to take this land. This is what God has stated over and over and over again. This is his intent. So see, Moses looks at Rule his father-in-law, and he says, come with us, we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. And he answered, no, I will not go. I'm going back to my own land and my own people. But Moses said, please do not leave us. You know where we should camp in the wilderness, and you can be our eyes. If you come with us, we will share with you whatever good things the Lord gives us. So that's an interesting, (coughs) that's an interesting appeal. That's a very interesting appeal.
0: What's going on there? Well, you know, it said, Please do not leave us. You know where we should camp in the wilderness and you can be our eyes. Wait a minute. They got a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. What do they need somebody, some human's eyes for? Well, yeah, that's, that's a very odd
1: thing for Moses to say. I
0: mean, with all he's seen, does he still doubt? Is that what this is about? I mean, the the cloud just lifted off the tent, of the tabernacle, the, the, this tabernacle, this tent, just lifted up. Now, and what did you say? Pack up. Time to go. Pack up. It's time to go. Well, he said, he said last week we looked at it, he said, he said, I will, I will let you know when you're going to leave, when you're not going to leave. I know where you stop. Well, then what do you need somebody's eyes? What do you need his eye, this guy's eyes for? That's right. I, I don't know is it showing the humanity of Moses and his and the fears and the and the, the the stuff that we go through is that what he's trying to tell us
1: so i think there's a level of dissonance so there's a little level of discomfort that occurs when we read something like this because we, we want to try to figure, we want to square this right you you painted the picture perfectly which is wait a minute god says i'm going to lead you why do you need this guy right yeah. so there could be a couple of different things going on in the text it could be a way in which moses is honoring his father-in-law to get him to come along. It's not necessarily Moses saying, "We can't trust the Lord. The Lord's going to do this." But within their culture and the way they speak to each other, it's like it's like an entreaty. It's like a way to honor him to get, you know what I'm saying, to get yeah. him to come along. Um, and so it could be that it could be exactly what you're saying. This could be showing us the humanity of Moses. I mean, this is what I point out with Abraham all the time. You know, God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you, you and do all these things. Then Abraham runs. There's a famine in the land. Abraham runs off to Egypt and his immediate solution is to prostitute, his wife. Right. Yeah. So it could very well be that it could be the struggle to believe what God has said. And we could be seeing Moses really, really that being a really difficult thing. It could be Moses saying, I really want godly counsel around me. I have God, and that's good, but I want godly counsel. Remember, this this gentleman is the one who advised him to set up the judges and the extra judges. Not everybody come to you. You know, one of the things I said when you guys hired me is, I don't want to be the man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's essentially what he told Moses in the wilderness was, you you can't be the man. Yeah. You're not the man, mm-hmm. you know? And so it could be that Moses just wants him around for his God. And godly maybe counsel. God
0: prompted Moses to... to... To uh, convince this guy to go, because this guy's name's Jethro. In another right. text, it's called Jethro. He's called Jethro. That's All true, right. Yeah. So, you know, and 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 it may be that that uh, that God knows he and I and I do believe that God puts people in places and puts people in people's lives for specific reasons. That's right. You know, I believe He brought you here. I believe He raised you up out of that ambulance and got you ready to come here. I believe that. You know, I believe that that. That he's put me in your life for a specific reason. I think he's put uh, he's put Jethro in Moses' life for a reason, and and maybe Moses needs to needs to say, "Hey, well, I need you to come. I need you to go with me. I need you here." You know, maybe that's what the te- what maybe that's what the conversation was really like.
1: Well, and there's and there is some, and then the other issue, and this is this is so what we're doing is we're giving giving you all different ways. How do we look at this text, right? Well, What's going on here?
0: God never says, you don't need anybody but me. For salvation, yes. That's true. But we need each other. That's why he made the church. So the different
1: ways that this could play out is this could be an issue of Moses' doubt. Mm -hmm. Okay, that could be one. We've looked at another issue where it could be a cultural communication issue, where Mm -hmm. Moses wants to entreat him to come. And this is how you kind of make that entreaty, Mm -hmm. right? You... Build them up and say we need you, and this is Moses's way of doing that. It could be that God prompted Moses because God knows Moses is going to need. He's going to need some need
0: godly counsel there.
1: Here's the other issue.
0: And remember, Jethro is a priest right. in the land of Midian.
1: Here's the other issue. Could be a translation issue. I'm going to point out what the Book of Judges says about Hobab in Judges chapter four, verse eleven. Now Heber the Kenite had left the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses's brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And pitched his tent by the great tree in Zanamirim near Kadesh. So, this might not even be Jethro. This could be a mistranslation in the text where we're not looking at a father-in-law, but we're looking at a brother-in-law. This could be some, but this could be someone completely different. Mm. And this occurs. This happens, guys. So. What I love about the amount of textual evidence we have for the Old Testament and the New Testament is we can come through and catch these differences. It's not like these are groundbreaking things. Guys who do translation work know about these different. These differences, um, one you see in kings, kings, and I think between kings and chronicles is the age of Josiah. Mm-hmm. Was he eight or was he 18? Mm-hmm. Right? And so we need to know that these textual differences are there. Okay, again, are we talking about Hobob, the brother-in-law of Moses, or are we talking about Hobab, a different name for Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses? Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? We just, there's a lot of question here, but what's not in question is the resurrection of Jesus. This is heavily testified through multiple different witnesses. We have multiple different reams of evidence here, and Jesus, what Jesus did was mm-hmm. he confirmed the Old Testament. So... It's not anything that we have to be we have to be scared of. But I've watched Muslim apologists, okay? These are these are Muslims who defend Islam. They defend the faith, the faith of Islam against Christianity and Judaism. And I've watched Muslim apologists use stuff like this to eat Christians lunch. If you don't know that these textual differences are here in the text, you need to wake up to it. Because they're there. Because what we want to say is, well this is the inspired word of God and there is not a single error in it. Well, I believe that to be true, but what does that mean? Does that mean every single word is perfectly placed? That the trans- Well, now we have an issue because when you translate a text, there's going to be differences. There's going to be, I mean, look, I'm sorry. Principles of translation apply. Mm-hmm. When we take a text from the Hebrew and translate it to English, you're losing stuff. Mm-hmm. When you translate a text from Greek to English, you're losing stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. You just... Sorry. So, what do you? When we talk about every word is inspired, what do we mean? And we have to be very careful here. Well, what is inspired is the message.
0: It, it doesn't take away any of it. Take away from the fact that you can argue that point till whatever. Okay, that whose name this name was. I don't really care. Okay, I just thought it was interesting. That and I like the the dialogue here of of well could it have been and I I want to fall on the side that that God knows what's going on because I think the inspiration of the text mm-hmm. is God's involved. Sure, absolutely, always. Yeah. Now if men screwed up a period or screwed up a comma or screwed up a, a name someplace,
1: and they did.
0: And th- then there's I don't over have there's I don't have over two hundred
1: thousand of those type of errors. So what we call what we call scribal errors, because again, this wasn't the way they they copied these texts. Is you had one guy looking at the text and writing. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried to do that? Mm-hmm. What's amazing is there's only, there's as few errors as there are. What's amazing is after thousands of years and hundreds of years that the errors are only scribal for the vast majority of the text. They are not textual. Like Jesus says here, like a a common one that people say is, it's not Jesus walking on the water it's jesus walking next to the water that's garbage that's absolutely garbage he absolutely you can go back and look at the oldest text we have the oldest manuscripts we're talking about manuscripts that are dating from the first century and you go look at them and it says jesus walked on the water it's i mean it's the same thing Mm -hmm. so the type of errors we're talking about are exactly what you're saying for the vast majority of time it's peer it's stuff like this the question is not whether this guy was here and whether they had this conversation the question is wait a minute are we talking about his brother-in-law or his father-in-law
0: and and my my question I, I don't even care about that my question is is it, is it is why is it why did he say it and I think why he said it I believe why he said it is is that God prompted him to bring this guy along because God knew he' was going to need him and that's a that's a distinct possibility. I, that's what and I'm going to run with that. Sure. That, that's how I want to run with it, because because Moses got some stuff coming up that's going to chop him rotten right in the mouth. That's right. I mean, it's going to it's going to bloody
1: his nose and knock his teeth out. You know? And so what's important here is we have a lot of different options what this could be. Mm -hmm. And any one of them could be true. Mm -hmm. We don't know. It could be a translation. But it doesn't take away from the veracity of the text. No, no, not at all. It doesn't take away. the But there are people out there, guys, that will try to tell you it does. Absolutely. Well, and again, if you're not aware, why talk about this? Because if you're not aware of it, when that guy comes along and says, oh, well, this, that, or the other, I mean, this happens in the Gospels.
0: Mm -hmm. This is in the Gospels. Did Jesus heal one? I had somebody do it to me in a a Bible class, A, a teenager do it to me in a Bible class here. Did one, did Jesus heal
1: one demon uh, uh, possessed man or two in the tomb in, in the Gerasenes, right? Matthew has two. I think Gospel Mark has one. one. Mm-hmm. So did he heal one? Did he heal two? What are we talking about here? These differences are there. And so we have to understand that when we come to the text. And part of the problem is the messaging that we traditionally use. We want to say the Bible is inspired, but Mm -hmm. we don't ever explain what that means. And it's a difficult topic. I mean, look, I'm not telling you it's not
0: a difficult topic. It is a difficult topic. But there are ways. Well, what's not difficult, if we get back on point, what's not difficult is these guys have left Sinai and they're on their way. Mm -hmm. And and who's going? I believe God's hands all over this thing. So we've got to move it. That's right.
1: They are moving. So whether this is a a struggle with Moses to have faith in God or whether this is God prompting him to surround himself with godly mm-hmm. counsel, mm-hmm. Um, either way, he looks at this individual and he says, please stay. And yep. this is going to have impact on them later on in the text. Yep. Right. Yep. So in verse 30, he answered, oh, sorry, he, we already did that. 33. Uh, Numbers 10, 33. So they set out from the mountain of the Lord and traveled for three days. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went before them during those three days to find them a place to rest. The cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set out from the camp. Whenever the Ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, Lord. May your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. Whenever it came to rest, he said, Return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. So they're on the move. Yep. Everything going to go well? No. Nope. And they're immediately, so they're really taking their first steps. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're immediately going to fail. And
0: they and three days. I mean, they they're traveling for three days. No, do they stop and, and pitch? You know, at, uh, at the first road stop, you know, rest area, and and take a break. Do they have to put up? <clears throat> I don't believe they they put that tabernacle up every single time they stopped. You know, I think I think when they when they finally get now, I may be wrong, but for three days, you know, that's a lot of work. Put this thing up every time they stop.
1: It's a lot of work to follow God.
0: Yeah, well, maybe you're right. Yeah.
1: So I I and I understand what you're saying. How did this work practically? This was the command, and how was it put into effect practically? What did they actually do? Right. That's the question. And and then I would push back with, well, what was the expectation? And I would come back to what the Lord said. You know, when when the Lord says this is what I want, I think that's the best idea. Yeah. You know, and we and there's traditionally within churches of Christ, we've got certain things that we do. Because we view it that way, mm-hmm. right? The Lord said, do this. So this is the best plan. Let's do this, right? Um, now, maybe they didn't do it. I don't know. The text doesn't tell us, but that's an excellent question. How did this work practically? Did they set up the tabernacle it, every time? It never time? does
0: tell us any of that. No. You know, did, they, did, they, did they stop and put it up because they were going to be there a couple days? Or did they stop every time they had to stop? You know, think about it. If they didn't, if they didn't stop, that means for three days. That means for 72 hours, they are constantly marching. No wonder they got, gri- they start griping. If they Hard. walk for three days, you know how tired they are?
1: Oh, man. Well, I doubt they did. I doubt they walk. I mean. But that's what I'm asking you. Yeah, did they okay, set up okay, the tabernacle
0: okay. every time they stopped? So they every took time a they stopped? Yeah. They took a breather? I mean, you know, did God give them a break for an hour? Or did they walk for three days? That's It says, it says for three days, that's 72 hours. Did they walk for seventy-two hours? That's a good question. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just wondering. The practicality you know, they, of it. The, did yeah. they? Did they stop? Did he stop every four or five hours and give him give him a breather? They don't put the tabernacle up every time they stop to take a breather.
1: You know. You would think. I would
0: think, but
1: you know, it, it, if depending on how this played out, I have more empathy for them.
0: <laughs> well, I and I and I, under, and I do because you know you have more empathy for someone who's going through something you haven't gone through, and if you realize, wow, this is really tough. Yeah. you when you realize <clears throat> go to a hospital for for a period of time.
1: Well, I've That's marched I've marched for 14 hours. I've marched for I mean I was in the military. I've done stuff like that. We've done
0: No, but not for 72 hours.
1: But not 3 days like that. No. I mean it it does happen, but it's it's like an emergency maneuver. It's not Yeah, but
0: Navy Seals do. do that kind of stuff. Well, I mean but they're trying to weed them
1: out. If you're if you're running from the enemy, sometimes you got to run a long time, you know. But But at some point you're going to stop and fight. At some point. Well, you hoping that you see if you're having a run from the enemy you're hoping you're not gonna have to stop and fight. Well, because there's a reason you're running.
0: I talked to a guy that was in Vietnam. Yeah. He said he said, I don't care who you are, he said, you're scared and you'll run. He said, But at yeah. some point you're gonna have to stop. And he said, When you stop, you better be ready to fight. That's and true. I asked him, I said, Did you ever have to did you ever run? He said, Absolutely, all the time. He I said I said, Did you stop? He said, I'm still here, ain't I? He said that means I stopped and I turned around and I fought. Yeah. And I fought and I fought them, you know. So but point, that, but, point but that's being, that's the point. it's a lot of, you're right. So
1: did they march straight through? Is that what the text is saying? Or is the text saying, so it doesn't really tell us. We it's don't, know. And
0: it doesn't really matter. It's just something I think of sure. when I'm reading the text. Yeah. I'm reading between the lines and I'm messing. Okay. You know, I mean, I'm, I what got a wife, I got a wife that has to stop. I mean, if we go to three stores in the morning, she's going to go to the bathroom every th- every one of them.
1: Yeah. So how is that working out with marching for
0: 72 hours? Right. It's, well, I mean, it's, it's, it, are it the would people seem different? impossible. They don't have to go to the bathroom that often Is mean, what's going on?
1: Uh, you know? Well, and later in the text, G- God is going to say, I kept your clothes in repair. I did all yeah, these things. Yeah, He does. Yeah. So, how much, how much of that type of stuff is going on? They're,
0: they're, it says their shoes didn't wear out. You so, know? We just, I mean, we're just not told. No, we're not told how. We, what we're told, and the, and the scriptures tell us in Romans chapter 15 that we have everything we need that pertains to life and godliness.
1: First Peter 2, you know. first yeah. Peter chapter, I think it's chapter 1 that says that. Yeah. You
0: know? The things, oh, the. Romans chapter 15 says, the things written before time are written for our yeah. learning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we learn. The stuff that wasn't written, we can infer it. We can read between the lines. But the things that he wrote are for our learning.
1: Well, and just think about some of the things we've talked about. How dangerous is it then to hold, hold in stone your, your personal interpretation of the text? How dangerous is that? And then hold other people accountable for it. Right. So you read through this text and you decide that this Hobab is actually Jethro, not Hobab. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what you're going to do with Judges chapter four, but you decide this person is not Hobab. This is Jethro. And then you're going to hold other people accountable with whether they agree with you or not. Yeah. When there's every reason you can't can't do that. When it's very reasonable to look at that text and go, well, it wasn't Jethro. It was Hobab. Yeah. You know, at somebody at some point is making a decision, right, is making an interpretive decision. Yep. So how dangerous it is I mean, especially when you're going to when you're going to decide fellowship based on it, mm-hmm. which has happened. And what does Jesus say? By your standard, measure that they to that. You. not going fellowship out. you because yeah. you don't believe the way I do. You don't believe the way I do. So what, what I'm hoping our audience is seeing today is there is a lot of variance here. There is a lot of, there is a lot of, you can comp you can have a lot of different interpretations of this text and still be right. Now, obviously one person is someone, right? Knows the truth of it. God knows the truth of it. But St. Peter's not going to be standing at the pearly gates going, well, what what did you, was this Hobab or Jethro? Yeah. You know, and your answer is, is, uh, we need to stop doing that to each other. That's Mm -hmm. not the, that's not what Jesus calls us to. Yeah. So I, I hope we see that. Now let's let's get into this, man. We're set, we got we got little time left here, and we haven't even started talking about the rebellion yet. <laughs> yeah. All right, chapter eleven. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord, which might have might have been some truth to the hardship here. <laughs> yeah. You know what was this hardship? Let's find out. Uh, well he doesn't tell us and when he heard them his anger was aroused then fire from the lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp when the people cried out to moses he prayed to the lord and the fire died down so that place was called Taberah because fire from the lord had burned among them so the people start complaining three days three days in three they're days. complaining now what are they complaining about it doesn't the text doesn't say but we know some of their other complaints there's no water there's no, they're all we're eating is this bread stuff. We want quail. That's one now, that's th- going to come about it, up. Hold
0: on. They've been at Sinai for a better part of two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have, they have, the ladies have decorated the inside of their tents. They've got it to, it's home. They've gotten used to it being home. Okay. Some of them don't know all the ins and outs and the details of what we know. They don't know what's going on. They hear the rumblings on the mountain and stuff, but they don't. They hear all the scuttlebutt coming along. And then all of a sudden, you got to go. And you got to walk and walk and walk and walk. Why don't we just stay at the mountain? It's a good place. Why don't we just stay there? It's way better in Egypt. Well,
1: and eventually, what the complaint's going to turn into is let's go back to Egypt. We remember the meat and the vegetables
0: we had in Egypt. They yeah. were slaves. Yeah. But, but that's the point. You know, so I can understand there'd be some complaining or griping. The problem is, grab under your breath. You know, because God's, he's, they didn't do it. They did it in front of, they did it where God, it evidently was bad enough where God got angry.
1: Well, and, I, I, let's, and let's talk about what it is. So we'll see this very clearly later in mm-hmm. the text. Mm-hmm. But for right now, it's not, it's not complaining like what we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're thinking about complaining like, man, this sucks. This yeah. is difficult. Yeah. This is hard.
0: No, I wouldn't that's, like
1: that. That's not the complaining no. they're doing. No. When, he, when it says complaining in the text, you have to tie that into the rest of what they're doing. And what they're doing is actually rebelling. Yeah. What they're doing is they're saying they're doubting. Literally doubting. And when I say literally doubting, we think of doubting as complaining.
0: And that, and that kind of mindset can run like cancer through a camp.
1: Well, it's not just, again, it's not just what we think of when we think of complaining or doubting. God is fine if we bring our doubts and we bring our complaints to Him. What they're doing is they're saying i don't believe i don't trust that god has our good in mind Mm -hmm. it would have been better for us to stay at sinai but that's not what they say it'd be better for us if we stay back back in egypt Egypt. so what they're doing it's it's like a think of it from this perspective it's like a christian who comes into the church and realizes i've got to make these changes well my life was easier and better back there i'd rather go back there Mm -hmm. that's better yeah right mm-hmm. the the cesspool that god pulled me out of and cleaned me up of is better than here now i might joke about man it was a lot easier when i was a paramedic but you couldn't pay me to go back mm-hmm. they could bill gates could could fly by my house and say i'll give you a billion dollars to go back to just not being a paramedic it's, I'm not, it's not worth it i'm not interested i know what that i know
0: where i was at when i was a paramedic and, and i've seen people that come out of the come out of the 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 hardened lifestyle of, of the world, you know, alcohol, drugs, promiscuity, greed, avarice, you know, all those things where they they come up and they come to God, they're baptized to Christ, they give their lives over, they start to transform, and they look around and say, I ain't never going back. I ain't going back. Man. This no. Is, this is too And they don't have near as much money, they don't have near as much fame, they don't have near as much power, but I'm not going back. And church, understand we're not talking about people who struggle. No,
1: you know, the, of course, there's going to be struggle, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's what we kind of want to equate this to sometimes. Well, they're complaining. Well, golly, I complain sometimes. I struggle sometimes. Yeah. Ah, that's not what we're
0: talking about. No. OK, is, we're not. This is way different. This is this is a, a an absolute out and out rebellion that has spread like cancer to the camp. The struggle honors God. If these people, if
1: this complaint had been, oh, my gosh, God, this is difficult. Give me the strength to walk. There would have been no fire. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people who said, I don't want to do this. I'm repenting from my repentance. I'd rather go back to Egypt than keep wandering in this desert. And they just started. Yeah. This is, I don't believe God has my good at heart. That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They're saying, I don't believe. I don't trust. I, I I don't want anything to do with this. We're not think, talking about the struggles.
0: Think about, because I'm in a leadership position. Think about the leadership in this group. Yeah. All right. Think about Aaron and the and the Levites, who have just been given a great honor of be, being the, the nation or the tribe of priests and to watch this stuff unfold. The
1: tribe that gets to work around the presence of God. Yeah. They get to work around yeah. that sacred look at, look space. Look at Moses.
0: And then he's going to, at some point, he's going to get get two guys next to him named Joshua and Caleb. And and see the faith in these guys in spite of the nonsense that people can do. I say a lot of times, you know, shepherding God's church is like trying to herd cats sometimes. I mean it is. They 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 a cat, a cat is curious. If you've had cats, they're curious. And they and and they and they'll they'll be watching over here and, and then bird. They're like this. They get kind of swayed by every wind of doctrine. Mm. And as a as a leader, you're going. Did you not remember what happened yesterday? You went out to the same tree. There's the same bird nest up there and the same mockingbird in that nest. And that bird don't like you, don't want you next to that tree, and is going to peck you on your behind. And I've watched one of our cats do that day after day after day. You know, can't catch that dang bird. He ain't going to catch that bird. That bird's too smart. And, and pecks him and pecks, you know, it almost draw blood. He pecks him so hard on his behind, man. You know, <laughs> just to get him to move away and what does the cat do maybe it'll be different today maybe today will be different <laughs> maybe today's the day I, I will i'll try one more time you know it's, maybe this it's time it'll ridiculous. be different ridiculous that's what but that's these people remind me of that that cat going back onto that tree and looking around and and just kind of oh now there's now there's uh in up there man they're making all this noise man, and calm I'm, I'm going to start to find one you know it's these people, they they remind me of us
1: well, so much. And this is why Paul says in Romans 15 and First Corinthians chapter 10 that this stuff happened to teach us, to teach the church. This stuff was written for our benefit. Yeah. And it's a shame because we're brothers and sisters yeah. who want to neglect the Old Testament, yeah. who want to ignore it. Yeah. It's a shame because we're not coming and learning from the lessons from, I mean, from... What I, I, is going to be? I mean, we are a part of Israel. Yeah, you know, Paul makes it very clear that we are grafted onto this tree, yeah. that we get to be children of Abraham yeah. because of the blood of Christ. These
0: are our ancestors, and we need to learn from I, them. I, I like this. We're not going to get into it because we get run right out of time. But the very next verse, look at the very next verse. The rabble with them began to crave other food. There, there is there is a. Uh, I don't know what you call this, but there's a group within the group. That you're just not going to please them. Well, well, let's let's we say
1: we say it's the group within the group, mm-hmm. and so that that implies that there is a smaller group within the larger group. Mm-hmm. And let me let me let me just I'm going to confront that a little bit with this. Okay, there's a remnant. Okay, the bigger group is the rabble. There's a remnant, and there always is, and we're always going to see that. It's always a, a select few. What we're really seeing here is, you know, how can they have no faith? Think about it. God is literally in front of them. So a you're, you're saying
0: that there's, a, that there's a group within there that's going to have this faith that's going to be unshakable. That's right. That's why God says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. And, it, and it, in that principle, this is a shadow of things to come. That principle begins all the way back here. And, and here we are in the church, seeing every kind of religious group out there, you're going to have this same, you're going to have 10% of the people doing 90% of the work, 10% of the people giving 90% of the money, and 10% of the people never gripe and complain about anything and the rest of them. So you're saying the rest of them is a rabble. All right, let's pray. We're going to well, stop it. But, but here's the thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I,
1: I know we're, I know we're going, but, but here's the thing. You get to choose what Mm -hmm. camp you're in.
0: Yes, that's that's when we're going to talk about that next week. You get to choose it.
1: I've heard way too many people go, "Oh, well, you know, some people are 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 special possessions for God, and others are common." No, and they take that out of Romans. Go read in First Timothy what he says about that. Yeah, he said he brings that metaphor up again in First Timothy, and he says you get to choose. Yeah, you get to choose. Be faithful. You get to choose.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're going to choose life. Choose life. Because that's what he tells them in Deuteronomy. So I'll give you, I'm gonna put two place two things in front of you life or death. You choose, blessings or curses. You choose.
1: I want you to choose life. And unlike unlike that covenant which resulted in their death, the new one results in life. We can choose. Yes. We really can. can.
0: Father in heaven, thank you so much for this text. It's a. it's been interesting, it's been thought provoking. Uh, we don't always have all the answers, Father, but we pray your blessings upon us as we navigate through all of this, as we strive to learn like, you, like you've told us that you wrote it down for us to learn from. And we pray, Father, that you'd help us to have the insight and the intellect that we might understand and then give us the courage, Father, that we might apply these things to our life. Help us to realize that you're looking for faithfulness. You're looking for obedience. You're looking for us to, be, to trust you with everything we have. You've told us through your Son to pick up our cross and follow you, it's not going to always be easy. But we ask Father for your blessing, and we ask Father for your patience. And we ask Father for your direction. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.